Well, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. We're working our way through Ephesians. Love this book. And this morning, what Paul's going to tell us in these verses is that we can shine with Jesus' glory so brightly, we can shine so brilliantly, ablazingly with Jesus' glory that people around us are convicted for their sin and are brought to faith in Jesus Christ. That can happen through your life. So Paul says here, let me give you an example of how that happened. This is 1736. A small group of German believers had been doing missionary work, advancing the gospel in the American colonies, and finished their missionary work, were heading back across the Atlantic to Europe, and as they were heading across, a massive storm broke out, howling winds, huge towering waves. It was so intense that they thought for sure they were going to capsize and drown. And everybody was in a panic, screaming, shouting, terrorized, except for this group of German believers. They were gathered together. They were speaking God's promises to each other. They were praying. They were worshiping. They were completely at peace. They, they knew that it looked very likely they were all going to die, but they were absolutely filled with hope, completely at peace at that time. And a young man named John Wesley was watching them. John Wesley was not yet a follower of Jesus. If you know the story, he became a believer and was used along with George Whitfield to spread the gospel throughout the UK and into America as well. Thousands came to faith through John Wesley, but he was not a believer yet. But he was watching these German believers. Now, he'd been raised in a religious home, not a gospel-preaching evangelical home, but a church-going home, but he'd never experienced the saving power of Jesus Christ in his heart. He'd never known what it was to have his heart filled with joy and peace in trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. But as he saw these German believers, he saw how different they were than he was. He could tell they knew Jesus. They trusted Jesus. They loved Jesus. Jesus. They weren't at all worried about dying. And, and their peace and their confidence and their hope exposed the insecurity and the emptiness and the, the lack of faith that he had. Just massive contrast between them and, and him. Now, the boat made it safely through the storm and on to Germany. But later on, John Wesley wrote in his journal, that it was seeing these German believers that God used to show him that he was not saved, to show him what it would mean to be saved, and to show him the truth of Jesus Christ and what he could have in Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul wants to persuade us about today, that not just those German believers, but every believer in this room, God can shine his glory through you so brightly to people around you that they are convicted of their emptiness, convicted of their sin, see the beauty, the reality, the glory of Jesus Christ, and come to faith in Jesus Christ. Let's take a look. Ephesians chapter 5, start with verse 7. Paul says, Therefore, do not become partakers with them. Now, we always want to ask, what does the word them refer to? And in the previous verse, Paul talks about the sons of disobedience, speaking of unbelievers. So therefore, do not become partakers with unbelievers, 
For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. And anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Powerful passage. Now in verse 8, Paul says that we believers are light. Now what does that mean? What does it mean that we are light? And the best way to answer a question like this when you're doing Bible study is to look at the surrounding verses to see if you can find any clues which make it more clear what the author is talking about. And I found two clues in these verses. The first one, notice that Paul says we are light in the Lord. Now to see that, look at verses 7 and 8 again. Paul says, therefore, do not be partakers with them, unbelievers, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So before we were saved, we were not light, we were darkness. But when God saved us through Jesus, we became light. But this light didn't come from us, it came from the Lord, it came from God through Jesus. So we're not light in ourselves, we are light in the Lord. That's the first clue. What does it mean that we're light? Well, it's not our light, it's Jesus' light. And this is confirmed by the second clue. Look at verse 14. This is an interesting verse. Paul's quoting something here, and some scholars think he's quoting from a couple different verses in the Old Testament. That may be, but the connections aren't super clear. Others think that Paul's quoting from a worship song that they sang regularly when they gathered. That may be the case. But look at what Paul says in verse 14. He's describing what happens when God saves us. Verse 14, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, and here's the quote, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So Paul's saying, before we were saved, we were like asleep, spiritually asleep. But when God saves us, he wakes us up from the sleep of sin. What are we doing? Wake up, hello. And we rise from spiritual death, and Jesus shines his light on us. And when Jesus shines his light on us, we are so transformed and changed that we start to shine with his light. So that's what Paul's talking about here. When he says we are light in the Lord, it's not the light that comes from us. It's that when God saved you, he shined his light through Jesus into your heart, and that light so changed you that you started to shine with his light everywhere you went. Now let me give you one more passage, not from this not from Ephesians, but from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul goes into even more detail. I want you to get this, because this is life-changing when we see where this light comes from, how it transforms us, how we shine with light. Listen, Grace Church, Abu Dhabi is a dark place to live, right? It's a dark place. When you flew in here and landed, dark place. One of the reasons God has you here is because you're light in the Lord. 
But we've got to see that we are light, how we can be light, how that works, and how it happens. It's like, you know, there's, there's a, anybody have dimmer switches in their house, right? You turn things. Okay, so maybe for some of us, it's like that switch needs to be like, let's turn that thing up, okay? It's like you've been a little dim there. Let's shine more brightly. Understanding this will help us do that. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. He starts by telling us what's true when we were unbelievers. Verse 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light, there it is, of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So Satan has blinded unbelievers. They, they can learn about Jesus, but they're blind to his glory. It's like, yeah, ho-hum, yawn, blind to his glory. In verse 5, for what we proclaim is not ourselves. So when unbelievers aren't interested in our message, they're not rejecting us because we're not preaching us. What we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. He's the one they're blind to. We're just preaching ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Okay, so then what happens when God saves someone? Verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness... Okay, pause there. That's from Genesis chapter one. Remember creation story? There was no light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's our hearts as well. Dark hearts blinded to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. God who said, let light shine out of darkness. That same God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So when God saved you, he supernaturally set you free from Satan's blinding power. Your eyes were opened. He showed you the glory of Jesus. For the first time, you saw Jesus in his reality, in his love, in his beauty, in his glory. Your heart was one. You were captured by him. You were undone. You were lost to him forever. That's what happens when you're saved. And in verse 7, but we have this treasure of the light of the knowledge of Jesus' glory, we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's our bodies, weak jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So we have this treasure in jars of clay. Everywhere we walk, the light is shining, okay? Through this, these jars of clay, showing people the reality of Jesus Christ, the beauty of Jesus Christ. So that's what Paul's saying. When God saved you, he shined into your heart the light of Jesus' glory. Just a couple examples of of how this happens. So you saw, for example, the glory of God's compassion in, in the person of Jesus Christ as you read the Gospels. I mean, think of Jesus, throngs were crowding to get a moment with him, right? And he took time to welcome a little child onto his knee and lay his hand on them and, and bless them in prayer. The compassion, the glory of God's compassion in the face of Jesus Christ. You saw when you were saved the authority of God in the face of Christ. Think of Jesus' face as he's out there on the boat in the Sea of Galilee, howling wind and waves, and he stands up and says, be still. And the glory of God's authority shining from the face of Jesus Christ because then the wind and the waves immediately stopped. How about the mercy of God in the face of Christ? One of the most powerful passages that that helps me see this is when Jesus comes up to a woman who had been bent over double, 
bent over double for 13 years by a demon. And you can just see the, the glory of God's mercy in the face of Christ as he said, woman, be freed. And for the first time in 13 years, she straightened up. Demon was gone. The compassion of Jesus. Or I like to think about the glory of God's love in the face of Christ as he is walking towards Jerusalem, knowing what awaits him. He's going to Jerusalem to die on the cross to pay for the sins of all who would trust him. And he, he knows where he's going. The disciples are troubled. Why are we going? You've, Jesus has told us what's going to happen. But he loved us and he went. The glory of God shining in, in the face of Christ. And then think of the face of Christ shining with joy as he emerges from the tomb. Right? Conquering or having conquered death, having conquered Satan, having conquered sin, to see Jesus shines with the very glory of God because Jesus is God. He is himself fully God. And when you are saved and for the first time your blindness is lifted and you see the glory of God in the face of Christ, that picture of God's glory in Christ changes you. You cannot stay the same when you see Jesus' glory. You're, you're filled with joy. Because his glory is the most beautiful reality in the universe. And for the first time, your heart is filled with the joy you have longed for all your life. You're filled with peace. You see Jesus Christ. He's in complete control of everything. And you've seen his death on the cross, how much he loves you, so you can be at peace because whatever happens, he's in control. The one who loves you is in complete control. You don't fear bad news. You don't fear job insecurities. You are at peace, shining with peace. You're filled with strength because you know that you're going to be with him forever, this glorious God forever. And so he makes every trial worth it. And so you're encouraged as you go through suffering, strengthened as you go through trials. You need to hear that this morning. Take that to heart. And then we're filled with love risk-taking, sacrificial love for others because, you know, your eternity, an eternity of never-ending, ever-increasing joy in fellowship with Jesus Christ, forever you're going to be growing more and more joyful in him. That's, that eternity is secured through his finished work on the cross, so you are freed now to live lives of risk-taking, sacrificial love for others. When we see God's glory in the face of Christ, we're transformed. That's what Paul says. We are light in the Lord. Do you get that? That's who we are as believers. Now, he then also calls us to walk as children of the light. Don't just be, walk as children of the light. How do we do that? How do we walk as children of the light? Paul gives us four ways in verses 7 through 10. Very helpful. Look at what he says. First in verse 7. Therefore, do not become partakers with them, that is, with, with unbelievers. Okay, think about like Yaz Mall, okay? You may not have realized this, but Yaz Mall is, is like pitch dark. It's just darkness, okay? Lots of lights around, we get that. We're not talking about those kind of lights, but Yaz Mall is darkness, right? And what's supposed to happen is we walk in as light in the Lord, 
And we're just shining with the glory of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, the love of Christ, the, 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 the dimmer switch is turned way up. That's what's supposed to be happening. But if we are partakers with unbelievers, then instead of that dimmer switch being turned way up and, and you like walking through and people saying, who is this person? This is, there's something different about them. That dimmer switch, instead, if you're partaking with unbelievers, is turned way down. You're actually becoming dark yourself. You're contributing to the darkness. That's what Paul doesn't want to have happen. So he says, do not become partakers with them. I mean, you may be in a situation, maybe with a group of friends, maybe with something like a, a hobby that you do and the people you're hanging with, where, where you are darkened. You're, you're, you're contributing to the darkness instead of shining with the light. Paul would say, don't do that. You're light. The darkness needs you. Turn the switch up. That's the first step. Don't be partakers with them. Second, verse 8. At one time you were darkness. Now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. Okay, this means let the, the light of Jesus' glory, his sovereignty, his authority, his love, his mercy, his goodness, his power, let the reality of Jesus so satisfy your heart and so secure your heart that no matter what happens, no matter what takes place, there's peace, there's love, there's joy. Jan likes to remind me about a quote from Amy Carmichael, who I think was a missionary to India. Okay, yes. And Amy Carmichael says that a glass of sweet water will always pour out sweet water no matter how hard it's bumped, right? Is that how it goes? Okay. But if a glass is filled with bitter water, then when it's bumped, what's going to come out? Bitter water. Okay. So if you're full of sweet water, no matter what hits you, what's going to come out? Love, peace, contentment, right? And we get filled up with sweet water by beholding the glory of God in the face of Christ. He satisfies our hearts. He secures our hearts. Third, Verse 9, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. So when we behold Jesus, we see his glory, his beauty, his majesty. Instead of being cynical, saying, oh, the universe is just dog-eat-dog, dog. there's nothing good out there. No, we see Jesus, he's beautiful, he's glorious. Our hearts are changed, and we want to do what's pleasing him, which is what's good and right and true. Here's some examples. Simple, ask people, how are you doing? And then listen well. That's kind of a rare thing. Talk to people, care about them. Forgive people who hurt us. That's a rare thing. That'll shine with light. Speak words of grace to those you're with. Be full of peace and joy as you go through difficulties or interruptions you aren't expecting. So that's doing what is good and right and true. Then fourth, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Okay, so not every situation is black and white clear in terms of what we're supposed to do according to the Bible. There are situations where we need to pray and say, I'm not sure, Lord. Um, should I confront this person about this issue or not? Should I help this person out financially or not? Is this the right time to invite this person over for, for coffee or not? That the Lord will guide you. So those are four ways to walk as children of the light. So think of how powerful this is. Again, the world is darkness. Sin's darkness has covered the world. Your neighborhood is dark. Your workplace is dark. 
okay? Maybe certain groups of friends, there's darkness there. But, but you've seen the light of Jesus' glory and his light changes and so you are shining with his light. And so what God's will for you is that when you go into your workplace, you are shining with the light of Jesus. And when you, I mean, just think about a pitch dark room and you open the door and you carry a light in. It's gonna change everything, right? That's what God wants to have happen at your workplace. Now you might think, you don't know my workplace, okay? I don't know your workplace, but God knows your workplace and the light of Jesus' glory is far more powerful than the darkness in your workplace. And he will give you grace and wisdom and help to do that in your workplace or in your neighborhood or with the circle of, of friends that you're thinking about here. That's what Paul's talking about. Now, let me give you another example about how this happened. This is from the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a believer in Christ living in Germany, Nazi Germany, during World War II. Amazing story. I would encourage you to read his biography by Eric Metaxas, the one I just finished reading recently. But he had the opportunity, actually, to go back to the U.S., um, he knew what was coming. I mean, he could see what was happening in Germany. He had the opportunity to go to the U.S. And, and escape, but he chose to stay in Germany as a pastor to care for the faithful believers that were there. And so he did, faithfully. Underground church. Ended up getting arrested. Put into prison. And you can imagine how pitch dark a Nazi German prison would have been. And it was pitch dark. But he walked as a child of light even up to the point and through the point when they condemned him to death and killed him. And one of the reasons we know he did was because of what the doctor wrote down he saw as he watched Bonhoeffer moving towards the death sentence. Here's what the prison doctor wrote. I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to God, so certain that God heard his prayer. I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. The light was shining in a dark place. And this prison doctor said, I've not seen this. This is amazing. That's what God's calling us to do. So no matter how dark the circumstances might seem, the light of Jesus' glory will overcome the darkness that's around you. He will give you the capacity to shine brightly. And not only does Paul call us to shine brightly in this passage, he tells us what will happen when we do. And this is astonishing. What will happen? First, we will expose the works of darkness. This is verses 11 and 12. Verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. So the works of darkness are all around us, but we have the light of Jesus' glory shining through our words and through our attitudes and through our actions. And so when this happens, we expose the works of darkness and we show two things about the works of darkness. One in verse 11, we show that they're unfruitful. They're empty. There's no joy there. They're nothing. And verse 12, we show that they are shameful. They dishonor Christ in his infinite glory and majesty. So we expose them as unfruitful. We expose them as shameful. 
Now, let me tell you about how a friend of mine did this. This was back in the U.S. Uh, he was a real estate agent, part of our church. Um, and one morning, he told me he walked in to the office, and there's a group of real estate agents all talking together about a movie they had all seen recently. And this particular movie presented uh, sex, sexuality, in a very, very kind of warped um, way. But all the agents were talking about how they loved the movie and excited about it. And, and my friend Rick walks in and he's, he's part of this, this conversation. But see, Rick, Rick had seen the glory of Jesus. He knows that sex is a beautiful, sacred, holy gift from God, like we talked about last week, right? For, for marriage between a man and a woman, it's in that setting. It's a gift from God. And uh, so they're all talking about how they love this movie and Rick knows that a very warped view of sex, and, and, and what Rick did was he calmly and respectfully said, you know, I enjoyed a lot about that movie, but one thing I didn't enjoy so much was the warped view of, of sex that it portrayed. And Rick just said it was like, well, it's just like, like a light went on in a room, and it's kind of all of a sudden, hmm, and, and conversations came out of that about what, is, what, what do you mean, why do you say that, his background the testimony, the whole thing. But the point was, he was exposing not just the warped view of sex in that movie, but, but how none of these other agents had seen that or felt that or realized that, and, and it exposed the works of darkness. It's powerful when this takes place. God works in a mighty way. So we will expose the works of darkness, but that's not all Paul says. Second, we will also bring people to faith in Christ. Not everyone, but, but many. Look at verse 13. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. And what does that mean? Well, when works of darkness are surrounded by darkness, I mean, think about it, a pitch dark room with all these works of darkness in this pitch dark room. You can't see the works of darkness. It's just all dark in there. But if you bring a light into that room, you're going to see works of darkness, works of darkness, right? So light will expose the, the works of darkness. They become visible, which means people get convicted. I've been involved in works of darkness. I've been involved in sin. Then look at verse 14. For anything that becomes visible is light. Okay, what does that mean? I think the next line explains it. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So again, the sleeper is somebody who's not yet a believer, needs to rise from the dead, Okay, somebody who's in darkness, hasn't yet come to faith in Christ, but if they will wake up and rise up from their spiritual death, Jesus will shine upon them. That's what's being said here. So what he's saying is that our walking in the light will expose the works of darkness, help expose people's distance from God, help expose the emptiness, the wickedness of their hearts, the wickedness of their sin, so that they'll be convicted of their sin, see the beauty, the glory of Christ, his love, and come to faith in Christ. That's what Paul is, is describing here. So your life can show people Jesus so beautifully that they see their need, their sin, their emptiness, and come to faith in Christ. Now, this doesn't happen without words. Okay? No one gets saved just by seeing a lifestyle. They'll just think, what an amazing person. They need to see the light and hear the gospel. Okay? That's how people get saved. But when they see the light, their hearts are open to hearing the gospel, and then they'll be saved. Let me tell you how I experienced this. This is years ago. 
uh, I was at a restaurant with a, a fellow real estate agent. We were doing a Bible study together. He'd just come to faith and was growing. And uh, while we were doing our Bible study, um, across the aisle, little ways, there was a couple, and the man was just being very um, cruel in his words to the woman. I mean, just harsh and sarcastic and just vicious in berating her and insulting her and putting her down. And um, I don't know what happened. I'm usually not this bold, but, but I, just, I knew I've, I've got to say something to him. This is just wrong. And we'd finished up our Bible study, so we gathered up our books and, and needed to walk out to the cash register and went by his table. And I just, I just stopped and I, I said something like, you know, excuse me, I, I couldn't help overhearing your conversation. And I just need to tell you, there is a God. And what you're doing here is wrong. It's wrong to talk this way to this woman. But uh, you can be forgiven by Jesus, and he will change your heart. And uh, the guy looks up at me, and he says, um, what right do you have to say anything to me about this? I said, well, I just wanted to share. It's true. And I went and paid the bill, and I realized I hadn't left a tip. In America, we leave tips back at the tables, right? You put a little, little dollar bill into the ashtray or something. So, so I had to walk back by the table again um, to leave the tip. This was amazing. I walked back by the table, and I, and I saw him, and he... He looked up at me, and there were tears in his eyes. And he said, I'm sorry. Uh, I have fallen far from the Lord. You're right. What's happened to me? He says, I'm going to get my, my, my heart right with God. It was just, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible what God did. Now, again, I don't share that story. That's not, I'm not usually that way, okay? I'm, I, I need to be more bold like all of us do. Um, but the point is what God can do. When you shine with light, how people's hearts can be changed. So what I want, want to have you think about is we are living in a place where there is desperate need for the light of Jesus' glory to be shining. Are you shining with Jesus' glory where you are? Are you shining with Jesus' glory? I mean, there's all kinds of ways this can happen. When, when you are going through trials, and, and we do go through trials, right? Right? Jesus' most precious children go through trials. Jesus promised, in the world you will have tribulation. Some people think the closer you are to God, the fewer trials you're going to have. That is not true. Do we understand that? You will go through trials, and you can weep through trials. Nothing wrong with weeping, but you can, can weep knowing that joy is coming in the morning. Right? Tears may come for the night. Joy is coming in the morning. So, so as you're going through trials, you can go through trials with weeping, yes, but peaceful weeping and hopeful weeping, and people can see Jesus in you. Is, are, are you. Are you doing that? Or or I just thought about, I mean, husbands, in this culture, if you take the trash out from your villa out to the street and put it, I mean, that's a shocking thing to people, okay? Just shine the light of Jesus' glory, how beautiful Christian marriage is, right? And uh, just serve, serve your family, play with your kids. I mean, your, your genuine love and compassion for people around you from every different race and every different social class can be shocking in this, in this culture here, but it can shine with Jesus' glory, right? Or, or do you have a group of friends that you're with, and frankly, they turn the dimmer switch down when you're with them? Instead of you cranking it up, it's, it's, it's shrinking. Is, is that going on? I just want to appeal to you, don't do that. They are in darkness, and they need your light. 
Your shining bright could be the very way their lives are changed. One more story from my friend Rick. Uh, he walked into the real estate office. This guy was great. He still was great, but uh, he walked into the real estate office and they, the guys were all talking and they said, hey, Rick, what's the word for the day? Anybody ever said that to you? Well, Rick had just been spending time with the Lord. Okay, he'd been in the word, been worshiping, been praying, and he just couldn't help himself, he said. He said, they said, what's the word for today? He said, I'm going to heaven. And of course, that was a different word than they were all expecting, you know. It was like, go make some deals, go make some money, you know, but I'm going to heaven. And he said that throughout the rest of the day, there were conversations, people talking about, what, how do you know? What do you mean? Why do you say that? I used to believe that. Just all kinds of gospel conversations going on. Do you have friends where the light is bright shining from you, or is your dimmer switch turned way down with the group of friends that you're with? They need your light. Let it shine bright. That's what Paul's saying in this passage. So let me close with two questions. First, are you a child of light or not? You, you may not be. You may not yet have come to the place in your life where you're putting your trust in Jesus Christ. You, you may still be blinded by Satan who's, who's not letting you see the light of Jesus' glory. But listen, Satan does not have more power than Jesus. And if you will say, Jesus, open my eyes. I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. He will answer that prayer every, every, every time. And you will see. Oh, you open up the word, you'll see the beauty, the glory, the reality of Jesus Christ in the Gospels. His death on the cross paying for sin. His resurrection from the dead showing that his death wasn't the death of a criminal, but was the death of the very Son of God paying for our guilt. You'll see him, trust him, you'll be forgiven, you'll be changed, you'll be filled. You could leave here shining. You walked in darkness. You will leave light, light in the Lord. So trust Jesus Christ today. Call upon him to set you free from Satan's blinding power, and he will. That's the first question. Are you a child of light? Second question. Where do you need to shine with more light? Where do you need to shine with more light? Is it your neighborhood? How about inviting your neighbors over for dinner? Invite your Emirati neighbors over for dinner. Invite your Hindu background neighbors over for dinner. Invite your neighbors over for dinner. And just as you're there with your whoever, your, your roommate, your wife, your, your kids, you know, you're, you're just shining with Jesus. They're seeing Jesus' love in your family, in your friendships, whoever it is, and, and they will see the light of Jesus, and God will use that to show them the emptiness of their hearts, the sin they need to be forgiven for, the glory of Jesus Christ shining in your words. It'll be powerful. Do that. How about at work? Are you getting caught up in the competitiveness and the dog-eat-dog dog and the, you know how things can get at work. Are you getting swept up in the, in the maelstrom of that or, or are you shining with light as you love and as you forgive and as you're forthright and honest? Shine with light. Where do you need to shine more? Pray about that. Ask the Lord, Lord, where? And and then what if you say, okay, it's this, here's the settings with these friends or work. Here's where I need to shine more. What do you do? See the light more, first of all. 
Open up God's word. Pray. Get time every morning where you're beholding the light of Jesus' glory in the scriptures. Show me your glory this morning, Father, in Christ. Show me who you are. Help me see you. And as you do, he will show you through the word who he is. Your heart will be filled. Your heart will be secured. Your heart will be comforted. Your heart will be strengthened. The light will, the dimmer switch will start to turn up. You'll start to shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And just head into your day and let your light shine bright. We're in a dark place, church. Abu Dhabi needs you shining bright. Don't let the world around you dim your switch. Crank it up. Turn it up. Shine bright. We'll see what God does in a mighty way these next weeks and months. Let's stand together. I want to pray this over us.